This week's episode is brought to you by Peter Pan Return to Neverland, now available on Disney Blu-ray. Hello, and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And welcome to another fun-filled episode of Communicore Weekly. Um, we Do we have, know it's fun-filled? I know it's fun-filled because I have a time machine, so I can go into the future and listen. That's why wow. I never have to write anything, because future Jeff does it for me. I just I transcribe like, what he says. Well, can't you just bring the whole episode back, and then we don't have to do it? Nope. That would be breaking the time stream. Don't you know the rules? Obviously not. Clearly, you are you're not up to date on your time travel rule well, stuff. That that app you told me to get for my phone doesn't do anything. Well, maybe you got the free one and not the paid one that I uh, that I downloaded. So I've got ads. It's ads from the 1970s. That ad pop supported up. time travel app. It's just the ads. That's what is, all. It's, drink it's tab else. cola. What what is this about? <laughs> <laughs> So like for a... <laughs> our, our history this week, speaking of time travel, it's less history, more conversation, I guess. And it doesn't really fit into a Disney debate, and it doesn't really fit into a history. But I'm going to play the, the history song anyway, just mm. because I like playing that history song. Well, we might talk about some history. There might be some history in there, so I guess it kind of fits. Thanks for justifying it. So, I'm always always trying. Yeah, exactly. You don't try hard enough, but you do try, so I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you points for that. <laughs> It's time for Disney History! So there recently was a interactive, immersive game that they were playtesting at the Golden Horseshoe here at Disneyland, and uh, I was lucky enough to check it out when I went last Sunday, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, um, basically, you, you walked into the Golden Horseshoe, and there were, you know, people stationed at the door saying, Hey, you know, we're, we're playtesting something today, so be careful, because we'll be videotaping and recording, and but have, have fun! Um, <laughs> so it throws you off just a little. It, it was, you know, I, granted, I knew it was happening before I went in there, but for a random person, I'm sure they would have been like, Well, I just, I want to get a root beer and, like, chicken fingers, because they were still <laughs> serving food, so that was a, a little weird. <laughs> but um, it was cool because we walked in and there was a sign and it basically it laid out the story right off the bat. Um, and it said, that, you know, the citizens of Frontierland are here and they need your help with various things. But after that, there was no explanation for anything whatsoever. And hmm. you kind of had to stumble upon the story for yourself. Um, so there was a group of us that went in. Um, there was maybe six, seven of us. And we were, you know, wander, kind of walked in and we looked around. There was a, a new table or a new stand that was set up at, at the back of the, the Golden Horseshoe that were selling, like, eye patches and fake mustaches and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, in case you wanted to fit in with the rest of the town, which I thought was kind of clever. Ah, gotcha. But we, we were like, okay, what, what, what do we do? And, you know, off to the left, we noticed that there was a table that the sheriff was sitting at. And he was, like, holding up wanted posters and, you know, talking to people. <laughs> so we are like, okay, we'll, we'll talk to the sheriff first. And uh, he was he he began by telling that there's bounties out for people that are in Frontierland, 
and he was like, you, you can collect any of these bounties, um, you need to find the person, bring them back with the bounty and the wanted poster. So we're like, okay, we'll do this. So we, we <laughs> get a bounty, and it's a person that is wearing a yellow bandana, a green shirt, and is wanted for telling bad jokes. So, <laughs> Wait a minute, was that one of the two of us? Uh, it could have been, however, I was not wearing a, uh, a green shirt and you were not there. Therefore, oh, it was okay. someone else. Okay. Um, but I was like, okay, so we'll take this one. We'll work, we, uh, you know, we made sure we can work together as a team and we could. And he goes, before you go, you know, you need to take a wanted poster with you of the person. And we're like, okay. And he's like, unfortunately, we don't have one. So you're going to have to make your own. So he gives me a blank wanted poster <laughs> and he makes me draw based on the description, which I thought okay. was kind of cool. Okay. But then, you know, there's the six of us, seven of us, that are like, okay, now we have to find this person in here. So we're looking all throughout the Golden Horseshoe, and we see, you know, there's a group of tables up by the stage, and they're they're playing cards. And we see a guy in a green shirt and a yellow bandana, and, you know, he's laughing. And I'm like, there's no other people in here wearing a green shirt with a yellow bandana. It's got to be that dude. <laughs> so we're all under the impression that we're looking for someone that is a cast member, because, you know, that would make sense. <laughs> And it turns out that it's not. You know, the bounties that are being placed on on people are actual guests that are there in the Golden Horseshoe at that moment in time. So I go up to this poor guy and I'm like, I'm going to have to arrest you and bring you to the sheriff because I want to collect the bounty. And then somebody else in our group was like, well, we should make sure it's him first. We'll make him tell a joke. So he tells us a joke, and as, as he's telling the joke, I'm holding the wanted poster to, to his face to kind of compare and contrast because obviously I'm a Rembrandt, and it looks just like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, it's got to be this guy. So we take him back to the sheriff, and the sheriff is like, oh, you got him, you got him. So he, he puts this guy to work and, and makes him dole out our reward for, for the bounty. <laughs> so he's got to count out all these golden horseshoe chips and give us little pieces of gold. So the gold were worth 25 chips, and and the chips were worth one apiece. So we, we each had to get 50 quote, fifty dollars or whatever it was. So we each got 25 chips and a, and a gold piece. Um, huh. It took that guy a long time to do all that stuff. But it, it initially impressed me because they weren't just allowing, you know, it wasn't cast members that were doing it. It was guests. They were getting guests really, really involved in the story, and I, I, I thought that was a an excellent thing for them to do. Um, that's the, that's the twist right there. Yes, exactly. It started off extremely hokey sounding and and just like, oh, okay, we well, are going to go find some loud cast member. Oh, don't take me in, you know. But when it turned out to be another guest sitting there, I, yeah, that was the kind of the turning point. The guest to come over to be arrested. And it, it's <laughs> funny because I don't think that they even realize that they become like part of the bounty. Because, you know, we would find out later on when we were playing cards, you know, at another part of it, that the, the, the house dealer who was uh, the cast member in charge, uh, who also had guests acting as dealers for him, so he was paying people, you know, the faked coins so they would be <laughs> dealers at his tables, again, which was awesome. But he was engaging this woman in a conversation who was yelling, wearing a yellow bandana, and he, he was like, what's the worst thing you ever done before? What, what would be your criminal offense? And she admitted when she was younger, she would cut lines as a kid and everything. And he said it really loud, oh, you would cut lines, eh? And like two minutes later, 
one of the other citizens of Frontierland ran by and was like, Hey, Curly, did you hear there's a bounty out for some woman who cuts lines? And I'm like, <laughs> this is genius. And then sure enough, five minutes later, another group of people came over and were like, um, we're going to have to arrest you because we have a bounty out for you. <laughs> so, you know, to me, it was really cool how they made us interact with other guests uh, and not just the cast members. To me, that made it more real. And especially, you know, if the guests are into playing, um, it makes it a lot more fun. So did what was the purpose then of the Golden Horseshoe Chips? That, did you just join other games so it kept you well in the game mode? That, that was one of my problems with this. It, what the purpose of this entire thing was was not entirely clear to us. We weren't sure. Uh, we were, I mean, we weren't sure where to go, what to do. We kind of figured that out on our own. But ultimately, they had a map of Frontierland, quote-unquote, on the stage, and you could buy property with those chips. So I guess the end point was buying the property, um, which again, they didn't really communicate that to us uh, at all. We just kind of stumbled across that. So, you know, eventually we all together pulled our chips and we bought a piece of land. Uh, you know, he made a big ceremony out of it. He wrote our name on the map. Um, we were on the sign and he gave us a deed to the land we bought, the Dawson Mines. Um, so it was, it was kind of cool. I mean, A, it, it didn't cost us anything. It, but our time uh, it was yeah. a good way to kill an hour and a half and you know we got uh, something kind of cool we, we all kept you know one of the golden horseshoe chips as a souvenir we got the the deed to the mine and we interacted with a lot of really great cast members um but my, my favorite part kind of was that there was a guy lb he was the piano guy and he was part of the criminal element however he was very <laughs> secretive about it so while we were chatting he was like you know if you do something for me I may be able to make some more money up here for you. <laughs> but at, in the course of her conversation, the sheriff came over and was like, what's going on over here? And and LB, the piano player, was like, oh, you know, nothing. This is my, my choir. We're, we're just practicing for a song without without missing a beat. And he starts playing You Are My Sunshine, My Only Sunshine on the piano, and he starts singing it, and he's waving his hands for us to start singing along with him. And so we're all singing the chorus and, you know, in the middle of the golden horseshoe and then the sheriff just gives us an eye, the eye and walks away and as soon as his back is turned and walks away lb is like all right we're done with this let's go back to business again wow so it, it was a really cool experience to to you know have this interaction with the cast members and other guests and to me this is something that i would enjoy throughout the rest of the park if there were more interactions you could do? Yes. I mean, okay. we, we were interviewed at the end by uh, a guest relations person about the experience, and one of the questions they asked was, you know, what worked, what didn't work? If this was offered in other parts of the park, like if there was one in Tomorrowland with people, you know, astronauts, or in Adventureland, would hmm. you do it? And I was like, absolutely. I mean, the only, the downsides to this were, it wasn't clear what the objectives were, and because it was in the Golden Horseshoe, like it was very crowded in there. Um, sure. Because, you know, people were playing and there was people in there that were just eating. So it was very, uh, it, they wanted control over the environment. And I totally understand that. But it was kind of hard to move around at times. Well, you know, this isn't the first interactive thing that we've seen, you know, mm -hmm. with Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom and the the, the pirate adventure. And they even did Disney the one the, the, um, interactive thing uh, for D23 Expo uh, with the Jujus that we did. Oh, and the major Twitter thing that uh, Haston from you know, Mice Chat was part of. Yeah, the Optimist for the, the Tomorrowland movie. So we've had a couple of these, and you know, my first thought, and you know, I read a great article on the Future Probe blog talking about the My Magic Plus, 
how they're creating more things to do in the park because, you know, he's surmising, and I think a lot of us are realizing that because of the way My Magic Plus is being rolled out and the limit of, you know, a few fast passes per day, you're going to be waiting in a lot of lines. And is this a way of getting your attention away or giving you something to do so you're not waiting in a line? You know, that's why we have those interactive cues now. Because they know you're going to be spending a lot of time in line. This is a guess, of course. We don't know anything. Yes, yes. Um, so, but I mean, did this seem like this is something that would go along with My Magic Plus? I mean, it is out in California, which isn't uh, rolling out My Magic Plus yet. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not sure if this would, you know, work with My Magic Plus in a way because it is, it is keeping people out of the line. So maybe you know it helps the lines go down a little bit, and it, it provides, you know, for people like us who are repeat visit- visitors, especially me now being at Disneyland all the time. Um, mm-hmm. It gives me something else to do with my day aside from go on rides and eat at the restaurants. This gives me a new experience to to experience and, you know, have uh, something new to do in the park. And for me, for re- a repeat customer, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, having played Sorcerers and having not played the Pirates game, you know, Sorcerers is okay, but you stand in line to hold the card up in front of a window and it's kind yeah. of boring. Yeah. Um, this the immersion into a new world and interacting with characters and guests i i really like this type of thing and i i really think that disney is going in a really good direction with it and i i really think they should continue doing things like this and you know make it widespread throughout the park because it it was fun bottom line sure it had problems but it it was a lot of fun and i would everybody in our group agreed with me um our our friend kevin cobblefield he he was with us as well and I mean, I, Kevin. I, he was a little, he was okay with it at first, but then he got his own bounty to do. And once he found that person, <laughs> he was to, like, he literally chased this woman around the golden horseshoe. And my thought was, oh, they're going to tell, you know, yell at him to stop running. But all the cast members were like, yeah, get her, get her. And I was like, this is great. This is wonderful. So I really think you, you will enjoy this type of thing whenever you get out here. Hint, Fantastic. Hint. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. Well, good. Very good. Looking forward to it then. So uh, I would say yay to these interactive experiences. And uh, okay. if, if any of you out there have a chance to do any of these things, by all means, please do. Or if you got to experience it, you know, leave us a comment, send us an email. And yeah, if you tell if you us went. what your experience was like. I, I would love to hear what your experience was versus what mine was, because I'm sure everybody's was a little different. And that's the beauty of it. It's not going to be the same every time. You go on Pirates, it's going to be the same ride every time you go on. But if you do something like this, every time you do it, it'll be different. So I'm very curious to hear what everybody else's experiences were. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. So this week's book is a highly anticipated book coming from Disney Press. They seem to do about one a year. Last year it was the um, poster art of Disney Parks. And this one is Dream It, Do It, My Half Century Creating Disney's Magic Kingdoms by Marty Sklar. And for those of you who may not be familiar with Marty Sklar, and if you're not, shame on you. You really should. Uh, He basically is the only Disney employee to have been involved with the opening of every Disney theme park across the world. All 11 of them? Is that right? Sure, we'll go with 11. 11. We'll go with that one. We'll get an email saying otherwise, I'm sure. Exactly, but that's okay. But we'll go with 11 right now. That's okay. So this one is Hot Off the Press, is just published, and it's sort of his look uh, at his career. 
and working with Disney. And I'll admit, when I got it, I was a little mixed about the book. Um, I heard from another guy who had a preview copy that he wasn't as excited about it. It didn't go into enough detail. But honestly, when you've got the you know, you know, creative head of Imagineering, who basically was responsible for almost everything Walt Disney said the last you know five or six years of his life, as well as every publication that came out of Imagineering, you know. It, he knows what to say and how to say it, basically. So, um, I enjoyed the book, which surprised me. I've not always, you know, agreed with everything Sklar's done. Liked him, you know, but I was really surprised when you get into the meat of the book that I, I enjoyed it. The stories were good. They were short. He threw in a lot of lessons about managing, uh, a lot of uh, stories about working with Walt and John Hench and other creatives from Imagineering, as well as looking at how uh, Imagineering grew and evolved over the years. And that's probably what most people are going to take away from this book, is how Imagineering went from just being, you know, basically Walt and a handful of Disney artists to a company with hundreds and hundreds of people. You know, like during the Disney decade was probably the largest the Imagineers ever were in the 90s. Uh, he talks about the creative process what it was like to create these rides. Uh, there's there's really a lot in it. There's really a lot in it. And I know, Jeff, you were reading it too. Um, does, was there anything that stood out for you about the book? Because I know we've been talking about it. Um, well, immediately for a, a Disney editions book, there was a, a lot of stuff in there I was surprised made it past the censors. Um, yeah. For one, I mean, there were a couple of stories that, were, were, that stand out. Um, and Marty kind of goes after one particular person um i won't say his name but i will say he really likes surfing um and i was kind of surprised <laughs> that those made it into the book because i mean he really goes after he's, he skewers this person yes right it's dick nudis he goes after dick nudis <laughs> and it is un i don't know why we were dancing around the subject but he well, really because... goes after dick nudis and yeah. it surprises me and on top of that i mean there there were a few uh, curse words here and there in the book as well mm -hmm. which again for a disney published book kind of surprised me but um i yeah. guess in a way it's a breath of fresh air to see that disney is kind of accepting these non-sugar-coated stories in a way um sort of kind well, of maybe but but they're not talking about walt no you know? they're not and exactly that's, that's the issue i think that we're getting at i mean i was surprised i know i, th I think i sent you uh uh, a text, a photo, or something immediately from the book going, did he just say this about Dick Nunes? Yeah, yeah, um, I was very, and that was before I started reading it, so I was, like, anxious to get to that part when I did start reading it. Yeah, he, he pulls back the curtain on a few things, but, you know, the, the stories don't go, don't go uh, in-depth a lot, uh, which sort of surprised me, and, I, and like, I kind of expect that. I mean, he's a master at PR, he's a master at spin, he's a master at communications, and well, here, I mean, here, here's how I really looked at it. Let's say that you know there's a big, juicy steak, and it's right in front of you, and you can't wait to dive into it. However, you can only have, you know, just the outer portions yeah. of the steak. You're not really getting the, the meaty inner portion. And I, I think yeah. that's kind of the best way to describe some of the stories, because he, he doesn't really dive too far into it. Um, but that's not to say the stuff that he does say isn't great, because there are a lot of good stories in there that I personally have not heard before. Yes, um, and he, he talks about a lot of people and situations um, that I haven't experienced. I will say, if anything, I know guys, everybody out there hates him. Whatever I understand, but if anything, this book really 
enforces the fact that I think Michael Eisner did wonderful, wonderful things oh. for the company. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, brought them into a different age. I mean, a, a big chunk of the book, of course, is spent on um, early Walt Disney World, the Magic Kingdom specifically, and Epcot. I think that's the biggest part of the book. I think yes. that's where Marty came into, for lack of a better word, power. Yes. He came higher up there, working with John Hinch to create this. You get a lot of great stories about Imagineers that come in, and uh, there's some he had a lot of respect for, like Eddie Sato. You know, there are a lot of stories about the Imagineers that he worked with, that he loved. Uh, that mentored him, that he mentored. So there's a lot of great stories. I just think people are going to look at this and go, you know, here's a guy who was at every single Disney park, had his hand in something with them, and it's just, it's just, it's just skimming the surface. Yeah, I'm sure there's a ton more there that we're we're not getting the full story on, and hopefully one day we will. But again, I really have to mention how awesome all that stuff about Michael Eisner was. I, I mean, there was yeah. a lot of information about him in there, and it really made me feel like. I don't know, if there was some alternate reality in some way, Eisner would have been reigning supreme if it wasn't for certain people. So Yeah, I can see like an alternate timeline that he was in, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, he sort of gives a little bit of justification. I mean, called the Disney MGM Studios a half-day park. He did. Boom. Liked them right, right there. there. That was that was right my favorite there. part of the book, not going to lie. So half-day park. He did that, so. You hear that, guys? He didn't say Animal Kingdom. He said <laughs> he Hollywood said Studios. One. So anyway, the, the book this week is Dream It, Do It. By Marty Sklar, and I guess one way to end it is like, you know, Marty called and wants you to buy his book. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. In Muppet Vision 3D, uh, on both coasts, actually, when the Penguin Orchestra appears through, uh, throughout the film, and they're actually right in front of you, in front of the stage, the Conductor Penguin has sheet music for the Rainbow Connection on the stand in front of him, which I think is pretty neat. They don't actually play the song, but it's pretty cool that that is what the sheet music is for. I wonder if they were going to play it before... Well, maybe one day they'll play it. Maybe one day they'll play it, so... I mean, why are there so many songs about rainbows? You know... I, and I don't think that question's ever been answered before. I have no idea. You know, I'm really, really doing my best not to start singing that. I, you know, every time a song comes up, I know how hard it is for you to continue. You're just, you're, you're cringing. You're like, oh, why did I put that? I'm, in there? I'm literally digging my nails into my leg right now, hoping you don't sing. Oh, good, good, good. So even by dragging this out, it's making it worse. Yes, it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. Like nails on a chalkboard. Just, just <laughs> talking about it is is killing me. Oh, I think I better end Killing this me softly I... with your song. <gasps> yes, I went there. I went Which there. version? The Fuji's version or the uh, original? Or... <laughs> we'll, we'll go either way. Uh, column A, column B. You pick. We'll do it that one. So, okay, well, let's, let's, let's end this before we get into a disaster. So, <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Communicore Weekly. Yeah, be sure to leave us a comment and uh, rate us on iTunes, please. We love getting the ratings and the comments. And the nine stars. We need more nine stars. So uh, always feel free to email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com with any comments, concerns, questions, songs you'd like us to sing during the show. Everything minus that last thing George said was spot on. Everything else is spot on, though. <laughs> Be sure to like us on the Facebook at facebook.com slash Weekly, making sure you tell George not to sing 
on the show or, ever again. Yeah, or pay attention. We may have special announcements coming up. We yes, exactly. We always have special announcements coming up. Always do. So uh, you can always follow us on Twitter and Instagram. They're both the same. I'm at Imaginerding, and he's at Jeff Heimbuck. Well, Twitter and Instagram themselves are not the same, but our names oh, on them are the true. same. That's true. That's true. Right? Our names are the same. But yes. They're not, yeah, that's good. We don't want to get sued by Twitter or Instagram. No, no, we do not. No, we do not. Well, that make that would make us internet famous, though, right? It would. But, you know, if they want to call us, they can call us on the Community Core Weekly hotline at 424-785-GOAT. And again, 424-785-4628. So clever. Mm-hmm. So See how I worked that in? Worked that well. So clever. So, well, for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show.